Well, it's no secret. I've been preaching it for a long time, and then, uh, you know, it just seems like everywhere, every message, every, it's just all about, we, we need the church, we need a revival. We need the Holy Spirit to invade our space. We really do. And uh, so just as we continue, we're going to be in First Thessalonians mostly, chapter 4. And um, praise the Lord, God help me. God's will for us, and I believe that this is probably part of what's inhibiting the Holy Spirit, this awe and this amazement, this, this first church, the early church, operated in such power. And there was such, the, the Holy Spirit, God made himself known so strongly, so vividly through them. And there's no reason why it shouldn't be happening through us today. There's, no, there's none. He's the same. He never changes. So uh, in First Thessalonians 4, 1 and 9, I want to explore some possibilities here. Again, his will for us, our sanctification, living more and more like Jesus, powered by Holy Spirit and expressed by love. Amen? So we're going to begin there. Just follow me as I read. First Thessalonians 4, 1 through 9. Finally then, brethren, we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more, just as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God. For you know what commandments we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. Amen? That you should abstain from sexual immorality that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this matter because the Lord is an avenger of all. See, I I just can't go any further. I want to make sure that we understand that the Lord is an avenger of all. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I shall repay. The Lord is the one that's going to repay all such. I don't have to worry about someone defrauding me. I don't have to worry about someone. It's not up to me. It's up to the Lord. Amen? And, and I need to be aware of this. I will definitely reap what I sow. So if I defraud somebody, if I do something, I, I need to expect something. Amen? The Lord is the avenger of all such as all such as we also forewarned you and testified. For God did not call us to uncleanness, but in holiness. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, but rejects God, who has also given us his Holy Spirit. I, again, I want to pause here just for a moment, and I'll get, hopefully if the Lord allows, we'll get deeper into it. But again, you know, we've been preaching and teaching Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. This implies something. And, and we know it because some of us have been in church for such a long time anyway, but you know, maybe we're not in, in need of a, of, of a, of a reminder, remembrance. But this, this implies an expectation. God gave us His Spirit. We have Holy Spirit in us and with us to meet the standard of God so that we can achieve this holiness, this sanctification. Amen? All right, I'm just saying. You said amen, remember. But concerning brotherly love, You have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. Amen? Amen. So we're going to break this down just a little bit. I want you to look at verse, go back to verse 3. Sanctification. Now, most of us know, but just for the sake of all of us jumping off the same platform here, that sanctification, we're set apart. We're sanctified holiness. We're, We're sanctified, we're set apart to look more like Jesus, to be more and more conformed 
to the image of Christ. We are supposed to come out from among them. We shouldn't look like the rest of the culture. I'm, again, I know I'm repeating, but man, I, I love it when we have different people show up because I get to repeat some stuff that I love to repeat. And that is, we cannot be culturally relevant by merging with the culture. That's an oxymoron. I, there's no way I can merge with the culture and be culturally... Let's try that one. Relevant. Right? And or if the church, the, the church is relevant simply by being different, by coming out from among them. Amen? And not pointing a finger back at them, but living the life among each other that is Christ-like. Amen? Hallelujah. Okay, remember, you said amen. amen. That means so be it. All right, so let it be. But, 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 but again, and this setting apart thing, this sanctification, it doesn't mean that I live like a Pharisee. Don't do, don't, don't eat, don't, no. It means that I'm more conformed to the image of Christ. So I'm living like Jesus lived. Amen? As he, as he is in this world, so are we. Okay? Romans 8, 28 and 20. I love Romans 8, 28. It's, it's just so, Romans 8, the whole chapter is just an awesome chapter. But just let me, 8, 28 and 29, just listen to me. And, he, and we know that all things work together for good for those who love the Lord, for them who are the called according to His purpose. 29. For whom He foreknew, He also predestined to what? To be conformed to the image of His Son. See, we're called according to His purpose. Part of that purpose is sanctification. Our sanctification looks like Jesus, quite simply. Man, you had to say all those words, Pastor, just to get there? Yeah. And I loved every word of it. I loved every letter of it. Okay, also now look at in, in verse 1. We're going back in verse 1. You should abound more and more. You should abound more and more. Again, this implies something here. You should abound more and more. There should be something happening. You should be abounding more and more. You should be getting more and more to look like the image of Christ. You should be more and more sanctified. You should, be, you should look less and less like the world and more and more like Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now some of you may be getting the picture as to why this church isn't filled, but that's why. Because we're supposed to look more and more like Jesus. The expectation, not by Tony, Not by Tony. The expectation as it relates to God, the one who saved us, the one who died for us, the expectation, the one who gave us His Spirit just so that we can look more and more like Jesus and less and less like the world. Amen? That's the expectation. So now, back to 1 Thessalonians 4, continuing in verse 3. That you should abstain from sexual immorality. That each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification on your body. You should know how to maintain this body in sanctification and in honor, right? Not in passion of lust like the Gentiles or the non-believers who do not know God. That no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this matter because the Lord, again, is the avenger of all such as we also forewarned you and testified. See, my brothers, see, there's, there's the warnings that go out from the apostles and the early preachers. And teachers. See, I, I, I want to say something now. It's not about Jesus, your pal, your buddy, your friend. It is about that. He is your pal. He loves you. But it's also about warning. If you study the New Testament, there's so much in the New Testament that is warning us of what's going to happen be, so your eyes can be wide open. And listen, if we receive that warning by the Holy Spirit, we're not, my salvation is a tenuous thing. God is warning me so that if I... No. We're receiving it by the Holy Spirit. We know that God loves us so much. He's written this love letter to us. He's written this instruction book to us. And He also has given us His Spirit that we would 
absolutely positively know what it is that he's trying to teach us and trying to warn us about. Boy, isn't it it better to know than not to know and be surprised? Right? What kind of God-loving God would he be if he just said, okay, here you go, have at it. No, he loves us too much. And he's present with us. So even his presence with us would give us the alarm, would give us forewarning, would give us knowledge, would give us wisdom. That's what having the Holy Spirit in us and on us is all about. So we can understand what the warnings are and act accordingly. Amen? Awesome. I think it's awesome. So now look, abstain from sexual immorality. Why that? Well, if we look at what's going on around us today, and I don't want to make anybody feel uncomfortable, well, maybe I do, or maybe the Holy Spirit does. But, but my brothers and sisters, that is so prevalent in our culture and in our society today. There, let me just, the enemy of our soul, the prince in the power of the air, he's taking away everything that's sacred. So what God meant for a man and a woman to enjoy in a relationship as husband and wife now has been so perverted in so many different ways and in so many different levels that it, 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 it basically, it's no longer sacred. And, and not just that, many, many things that should be regarded as sacred. We don't even think about it anymore. It's amazing to me, and this is, I know I'm an old guy, but I remember way back when, when they wouldn't say God's name in vain, even on television or in the movies or anything like that. Is there anybody else old enough in this room? Thank you for being honest. I'm going to look over here. To... <laughs> but I remember that. I remember that. You couldn't say, now they'll, they'll blank out some words, but that, when you're using God's name in vain. Now let me just say that God's name in vain doesn't just mean God and them that four-letter word after it. That, that does, that's not just... You know, using God, God's name just frivolously. You know? I, I hear so many times people would say on, in the movies or on TV or even around me, Oh my God! That's using His name in vain. Right. Say, now again, I'm not going to be so... The, I don't want to be a Pharisee about it. I'm not trying to rain on anybody's parade or make you the, the, the God or the Jesus or the, the cop. I'm just saying, we need to watch ourselves. We, because, again, my point is the sacred. What we regard as sacred. What we pay attention to. What is so holy and righteous. What, what, do, we, what do we see as being holy? Now, also, again, to get back, abstain from sexual morality. See, the reason why we've got to really understand... You know, who the Holy Spirit is speaking to. He's speaking to a culture and a society where that was part of even their religious ceremony. You know, we had the, you know that they had temple prostitutes and there were so many things. And, but, but just not the relationship between um, people as it relates to, uh, you know, the erotic, but also as it relates to a lot of the senses. So they would even get drunk and do certain things, things that would appeal to or things that would alter somehow the, the, the bodily pleasures, the carnal pleasures. So that's why it's, it's speaking like... And then also when we... Here's, here's my thinking. I'm going to say this is Tony now. So you, you think on this, you pray about it, you meditate on it. Those kind of actions are not something that we just all of a sudden, uh, I just you know, had this encounter, this relationship. Before that happens, or before you start 
late, or smoking or drinking or sticking. You have to go ahead and there's a thought process that happens there. See, I'm not saying that one sin is worse than another, but even the Scripture tells us that when we take our body and we commit those things, we're, joint, we're trying to join the Lord in this action. Our body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. And so now we're trying to take that temple and we're trying to go ahead and do something that it's never meant to do. There's a thought process. David says, Lord, help me. Keep me from presumptuous sin. What is he saying? Lord, listen. You know what? I'm go- I may miss the mark. This is Tony. I may miss the mark, but those things that I know that I'm not supposed to do, help me not to do them. And, and, okay, well, you know not to do it, so just don't do it. If it was that easy, I would be out of a job. <laughs> but, it, but the fact is that it's, it's not that easy. Why isn't it easy? Because of the flesh. Because these things appeal to the flesh. Right? And, and listen, that's what happened in the garden. Make no mistake about it. Remember, we just discussed this together. We just studied this together. But that's exactly what happened in the garden. There Spiritual eyes were dimmed, but their carnal eyes were opened. They experienced something that was pleasurable to the flesh. Amen? Amen. And that put some separation between them and God. And that allowed the enemy to come in. And that's why we're in the state that we're in. Praise God. He rescued us from that state. He died for us that we can be reconciled back to God and we could receive the Spirit and then by the Spirit empowered to do His will. That's grace. Amen? All right. So, you know, you have the idol worship and you have all of this, this stuff that's prevalent and part of their religious worship, if you will, involved pleasures, uh, carnal pleasures. Amen? Timothy, this is what Timothy says, or what it says in 1 Timothy, I should say. Now, the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. Now, now you say, well, how does this, what is this, this is not flowing. Well, that's just the way God works in me, so I'm just going to have to share it with you. Uh, you know, when I was studying for this message, I had about three messages going at once, and I said, okay, Lord, which one? And they all kind of blended together. And then to, you know, I got to preach in another church tonight, and I'm thinking, okay, is this one for that? I'm just venting right now. You know, okay, which one, Lord? Well, here, look, watch. What's happening is because it's always before our eyes and because the culture says that these things are normal, our conscience becomes seared. It no longer bothers us to do some of the things. And I want to tell you something, church. It's in the church. And, and see, for, for me, I'm, I'm an evangelist, but I'm a pastor. And, and my, my charge is to feed the flock, to protect the flock. Are, are you with me? Okay, so now I want to warn you. I'm, I'm just like they, those pastors, just like those shepherds, and, and just like you are fathers in your family, grandfathers. You have to warn. You have Why? Because the culture is doing everything that it can to sear the conscience of our young ones. It's doing everything it can to sear all of our conscience. That's the enemy of our soul. That's his job. He's the prince in the power of the air and he's doing everything he can to make that thing, those sinful things, those things that are not of God seem normal. So our conscience becomes seared. So so what happens, you know, I'm not a, uh, well, I'm going to make a confession here right in the pulpit. Not one of them. So yeah. 
I was thinking, that, you know, forget it. I'm not as bad as a grillsmith as I let my wife think I am. I can do it. I just don't want to. So, you know, I just fake. So somehow, some way, uh, Anthony, my son Anthony, and now Mitch, they've had to step in and, and do the grilling. And I always kind of, you know, well, how do you, you know, well, you got to sear the meat. You, you know, you sear it. Why do you sear the meat? So, yell it out. Why do you sear the meat? It's to keep stuff in and it keeps stuff out. Right? Keeps stuff out. So when we become, when our conscience is seared, we're not letting anything in or out. I believe what I believe and I'm good. Now listen, I had someone not too long ago who used to come to this church, and that's part of the reason why they're probably not here, came to me and said something about a, a, ch- a church subject or, you know, about, I, I don't want to say because let's just keep it kind of anonymous. But anyway, the person had a, a church matter, a church. So I said, look, here's what the scripture says. Well, no, I God this and you know that and the other thing. I said, well, okay, well, wait a minute. But I, I, I can't say, this is not what I believe, but here's what the Scripture says about that. First of all, that person became a little bit angry when they heard the Scripture. Now, I've got to say something to you. If you're in the condition of hearing a Scripture and then getting angry because you heard the Scripture or you might get angry with the person who quoted it to you, you've got a problem. You've got a problem. And that's a good indication that your conscience has become seared. See, because it's the Word of God. It's not the Word of Tony. Now, and, 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 if, and it's not my intention to beat anybody over the head. But if you ask me a question, you're going to get an answer and it's going to involve the, the Scripture. Because Tony don't know nothing. Boy, that's good grammar, isn't it? Welcome to Dade City. <laughs> Tony doesn't know anything. But what Tony does know is Jesus Christ, Him crucified. Okay, so now I'm going to give you an answer out of here. So if you don't like the answer, don't shoot the messenger. Don't kill the messenger. Although they did kill the messenger, Jesus. Don't, don't. So again, we are going to get a little bit lambasted at times. We are going to be rejected. That's just part of it, right? But my brothers and sisters, if the Scripture bothers you, if you have a Scripture and you take it out on the one who's delivering the message, you need to search your own heart. You've been seared. Are, are you with me? We can't be convicted anymore. It's okay. You know, I'm, I'm gonna, and sometimes it's gradual. You know, maybe before, you know, I testified that I don't drink at all. I mean, I, don't, I won't have a drop. And I, that doesn't make me better than anybody else or more holy than anybody else. It just is. It's just God in my life told me not to do it, so I won't. But now somebody may. But somebody may say, well, you know, one drink, it's not going to hurt me. Okay. Then the next thing you know, they get into an atmosphere and then maybe it's two drinks. Then the next thing you know, maybe they're in a... See, what's, ha- what's happening? Slowly going down that path where now all of a sudden it's, it's, that's that searing process. You know? I used to try to teach the kids when we had a lot of little ones in the... And I said, put up, young ladies, put up the fence right now. You're not going to be alone with a boy. If you're, if you're on a date, if you're a little older now, you're allowed to date. You don't get in the back seat. You, don't do, you put up the boundaries now. You don't kind of flirt with the boundary because you, be, you become seared. You become seared. It starts losing its impact on you. You don't, you know, I, I don't even want to embarrass my daughter, but I'm... <laughs> 
<laughs> I will anyway. No, I used to, but I used to try. I mean, I, I was my, I was a, I was. There's two things going against me. Number one, I was a born again Christian. Number two, I'm Italian. So I'm just saying, Mitch, you're lucky you didn't meet her back then. That's all I'm going to say. But 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 think about this. I mean, I'm being protective. I'm trying to do. I'm trying to say, okay, don't do this. And and, and if I don't see the boundaries going up, I'm going to put the boundaries up for you. You ain't going to do this. You're not going to do that. You know. But my brothers and sisters, see, that's that's how we should live our lives in Christ. But here's the good news. The good news is we have the Holy Spirit to help us, to help us to set the boundaries and to help us to stay within the boundaries. We're not doing it on our own. It's when we're doing it on our own that we fail. All right, I'm just going to leave that there. Conviction. Now back to 1 Thessalonians. In verse 7, For God did not call us to uncleanness, but in holiness. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, but God, who has also given us His Holy Spirit. That, I love this. I, I, I just really do, because we've been preaching and ministering on the Holy Spirit, and the church needs a Holy Spirit revival and, and all this. But look, God has called us not to uncleanness. God has called us to sanctification and holiness, to be set apart. So that's why you'll hear me say frequently, be careful. There's a lot of really big churches that have the lights, the cameras, the smoke, and everything is going, and it's great, and I love the praise and worship. I'm, man, we sing some of the songs that they sing. I mean, it's awesome. But make sure that the call isn't to merge or meld or look at us. We look just like you. You can, look just, you can, you, you can just come as you are. Yeah, you come as you are but not to stay as you are. You come as you are to change. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that's all. Anybody and everyone is welcome here. Everyone, you know, but listen, if I have to go ahead and get a piercing, or if I have to go ahead and start wearing torn jeans, or if I go ahead and show you tattoos and all that to get you in, no. No can't do it again God loves you it's the love yes and God loves you when you have tattoos when you have piercings when you're when you're when you're when you're addicted when you're li- God lo- God died for you while you were a sinner God died for me while I was a sinner and, and that's that's what love speaks that's the volume that's the loudness of the love of God what, what are you talking about the loudness the volume of the- while we were sinners Jesus loved us. While we were sinners, Jesus died for us. Hallelujah. That's volumes. That's how... In Ephesians 5.18. See, and the reason why I'm bringing up do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, which is unsaved, which is riotous, but be filled with the Spirit. And we've talked about this so many times before but why am I talking about it now well look at verse 8 therefore he who could you put that back up please if I give it yeah thank you nope nope did I give you the uh, we're back to 1 Thessalonians 4 7 please therefore he who rejects this does not reject man but God who has also given us his Holy Spirit See, the Holy Spirit, that, that total implication there is there is an expectation. And the expectation comes not because we've graduated to this level or to this degree. The expectation comes because He's put His Spirit in us to meet the expectation. 
See, it's not about me gaining strength. It's about me... Listen. Oh, this is good. You better get ready. This is not about me gaining strength. This is about me yielding to His strength. Amen. Did you hear that? It's, it's about me going ahead and giving up on my own self, my own strength, my own ideas, what I am, who I am, and becoming Him, letting Him live through me. And I know that you, you just need to see something, so I've got to show you. you. You see what they do? There we go. No respect at all. I'm the Ronnie Dangerfield of gun pastors around here. All right. So, remember where we started. We have to maintain our vessels. These glasses would be vessels. All right. If you wanted a cool drink of water, Mitch, can you see? Which one would you pick? We got a situation here, I'm just saying. I'm going to go with the one on my left. There you go. Why? Because this one's got all the schmutz in it. I'm not going to drink that. If I'm going to drink a water, I'm getting this, right? Of course. Okay. Well, be not filled with wine. Don't be drunk with wine where it's in excess, where it's dissipation, where it's riotous, all these other things. But be ye, and remember, being filled, a constant flow between you and God. And look at where the schmutz is going. It's working its way out. Do you see that? Okay, I don't have enough water here to get it all out. <laughs> Plus, I don't want it on the floor. <laughs> However, but you know, but it, that's why God says to us, be in a constant state of being filled. Don't just go to Him the one time. Go to Him constantly. Be being filled. And we know that when He says in that scripture, and I know I've taught you this before, but please, just bear with me. We've got guests, thank you. <laughs> but just bear with me. Listen, it's not just about being drunk with wine. What he's saying is don't let anything other than the Holy Spirit influence your mind. That's what he's saying. This is, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be the, the Bible-thumping pastor. Don't drink! Don't drink! Don't drink! No, well, don't drink. But, you know, that's not what this means. This is saying don't let anything else minister to your mind. Don't let anything else have influence over your mind. Holy Spirit, be always in the process of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Amen. And I'm going to keep preaching that. So some of you have been with me for a long time. You hear it over and over and over again. I'm just going to leave it there. I'm just going to... If I have to keep preaching it, then what might that indicate? I'm just saying... Did you pull your toes back? Hallelujah. Galatians 5.16 says this, I, I say then, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. So now we're being filled, we're being poured into God's Spirit. Holy Spirit is being poured into us. He's giving us this ability to now walk in Jesus, to be abide in Jesus and to live our lives like Jesus did. I can't say, well, I'm not Jesus. No, you're not, but you have Him inside of you and He's empowered you to, to be like Him. You're called to be like Him, period. That's it. Can't make any apologies for it. You're, it's what the Bible says. Either it's true or it's not. And you can't say, well, you know, I just haven't... Well, do you want to be healed? Do you want to go to heaven? Let's start there. You, is anybody saved in here? Is there anybody saved in here? <laughs> Amen. Are you going to heaven? Yeah, you believe that. Why? Because you, the Bible said that you receive God. You open up your heart to Christ. Christ knocked on the door of your heart. He, you didn't find Him. He found you. He knocked on the door. You opened your heart. You let Him in. You gave your life to Him. You're going to heaven. 
That's a good thing. How do we know that? It says it in the Bible. So just like it says that in the Bible, it says this other stuff in the Bible too. We're supposed to walk like He walked. Amen? But He's empowered us to do it. Romans 8, 12 and 14. I think we got this one. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh, for if we live according to the flesh, we will die. But, well, wait, wait a minute. Who's He talking to? Who's He talking to? Therefore, who? That doesn't mean He's talking to a bunch of Jews. He's talking to Christians. So then let's what He says to Christians. Therefore, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. So what is he saying? If you walk in the Spirit, your body's going to live forever? No. You're going to be given a new body. No. You're going to die. You'll, you'll suffer. There's a chance you're going to suffer the second death. That's what he's talking about. You'll be separated from him. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So now let's go back to the glasses. I've got this one that's kind of half full. Okay? You say, well, you know, almost is good enough. Mm. Let me tell you, if we live our life half full, something's going to fill that. Something's going to fill it. Well, what do you mean, Tony? Well, look at the world that we live in. Look at the social media the snap trap, fake book, twiddly dee, twiddly dumb. You know how my, I love those things. But look at all of that that we get through those media. Look, look at the movies. Look at the cartoons the kids watch. Look at all of the things. Well, this is one of them churches. Can't watch TV, can't go to... No, you do what you want to do, but I'm telling you something. I'm going to be filling myself up with the Holy Spirit so that nothing else can get in. Nothing sticks. Be ye being filled. Be ye being filled. Be in a constant state. Filled overflowing. You know what? That also speaks to abounding more and more. Right? As I'm being filled with the Holy Spirit, this, this where we started in this First um, Thessalonians 4, it, it abounding more and more. So if I'm being filled in a constant state of being filled... My conscience is not seared. I'm able to abound more and more in those commandments, in those things that God has called me to do, specifically to love. Love. I'm able to love. So that brings us to verse 9. But concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. Taught by who? God. God. See, he's saying, you know, we've taught you these things and we've told you the commandments of Christ, but you even of yourself, you know. You know, by having the Holy Spirit, you know. Why? Because we know that it says in um, Romans, it says that the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by Holy Spirit. So, if you're a Christian and you receive Jesus Christ in your heart, then you've received a piece of the Spirit. You've been Kind of filled, but not to excess. Now it's up to you to keep being filled, to keep your heart open. Remember we've preached and teached, or taught, excuse me, uh, hearing and seeing. It's up to you to keep everything open. Let the Holy Spirit have a channel whereby God is speaking to you through the, through the preaching, through the teaching, through the Word, through the praising, the praying, all of that. You're keeping yourself open and you're hearing from God. You're being filled. 
and you have this constant conduit, if you will, and you're being filled, and it's, and it's, it's an awesome thing. But inherent in that is this love that we should experience that we didn't experience before. Right? I'm able to love people that are unlovable. I'm fortunate my wife is very easy to love, even at her worst. Amen. I appreciate this idea. No, are you with me? My wife, I'm fortunate. But there are sometimes there are people around us who, who aren't as easy to love. You know, for whatever reason. Um, you know, in our country right now, I can't speak for the rest of the world, but in our country right now, we're, we're, I mean, we're being inundated and bombed and, and everything else. You know, why we should not like that race, why we should not like that gender, why we should not like the rich, why we should not like the poor. We're, we, you know, we're being inundated. Get this group, that group. We're trying to splinter, splinter and divide, you know, in, instead of coming together in love. It's even in the churches. And I don't have to rehash even for the visitors. Part of the reason why we're thin is because people will not come to church with a white pastor. And there are people that won't come to church because we have some African-American congregants and some key congregants who are African-American. So it's it's amazing to me that that's even in the church. That can't be if we're living under the influence of the Holy Ghost. It can't be. And so, my brothers and sisters, it's inherent that we should be loved. But now, if our conscience is seared, listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 24. He's speaking of the last days. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. My brothers and sisters, we need, I'm, again, I'm going to speak to the church. I'm a pastor of a church. I'm a pastoring a flock. And those of you who call me your pastor, I'm warning you, do not let your love grow cold. We are living in a society that's becoming more and more lawless. Lawlessness is being celebrated right now. And I'm not even going to get into the particulars because I don't want to get started in a political... You know yourself, lawlessness is being celebrated right now. And, and, this, and this is a sign. This is going to happen. Jesus said it's going to happen. But look, the love of many will grow cold. Why? Well, you know, these, these people that are doing that, you know, blah, 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 we have a reason now not to like them or to have a, a disdain for them because they're breaking the law and they're doing this and they're, they're trying to get into our country illegally. There I said it. You know, uh, are you with me? So now we, get, we give ourselves justification for feeling a certain way. I am not telling you what to believe as it relates to that. But all I know is what the Scripture says. And when lawlessness is, is celebrated, that's a good sign where we are. And it also tells me, we, church, 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 we need to be on guard. We cannot let our love grow cold. Amen? Amen. Just remember, a little while ago, it was all well and good when we were still sinners. He died for us. Well, guess what? Those people that you deem as not good, not sinners, that your love may be growing cold toward, all the, you know, I was just telling Michelle, we saw a great movie over the weekend, uh, and I thought it was really good, it could have been really good, but again, they had to show on the movies about and celebrate uh, homosexuality, same-sex same relationships and all this. I said, man, oh man, that ruined everything for me. So now, instead of me saying, okay, I'm against them, 
I'm not against them. I'm against the sin. But I love the sinner because Jesus died for them just like he died for me. Okay, so now watch. We cannot let our love grow cold in the church. We cannot let lawlessness... My brothers and sisters, it, when, when you say in a country that it's more important to keep a woman's right to kill babies, something is wrong. Something's wrong. Say, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I can't help it. Because that's, where, that's what this is speaking to. In the last days, we have all this love. We can't let then those that celebrate that or those that are trying to protect that, we can't let our love for them grow cold. And we may have somebody that disagrees with us, with us in our congregation. But I'm not going to not love them. I can't. Why? The Holy Spirit is in me. The Holy Spirit has shed abroad the love of God in my heart. And when he says the love, he's not talking about phileo love. He's not talking about brotherly love. He's talking about agape love. Unconditional love. Amen. Committed. Amen. Committed. Amen. Hallelujah. I love that. I want to go someplace else real quick. i got a little time. Be patient. Revelation 2. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, he, uh, I'm sorry, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say that they are apostles and they're not, and you found them to be liars. I want to pause there for a moment. Let me go back. Jesus said, many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. It's happening. It's happening. I'm not talking about just Jim Jones, David Koresh, the other guy that had them all kill themselves and wait for the comet or whatever it was. I, I, I'm not talking about just that. I'm talking about the ones who are... De- I'm talking about ones who would say to you right now that if you're born again, you never have to repent again. I'm about to, I, I'm about to read something right here that would tell you that that doctrine and that, that theology is wrong. So don't be deceived. In the last days, there are going to be many false prophets. And look at what Jesus is saying to this church. He's saying, you found them. They said that they were apostles. They said they were ministers of God. They were preaching something, and you knew they were liars. You found, you tested them. What did they test them against? The doctrine of God. That doesn't line up with this. My brothers and sisters, that's one of the reasons why we can be deceived. That's one of the reasons why, listen, that's one of the reasons why our love can grow cold. We're biblically illiterate. We need to study this. Don't take my word for it. If those scriptures are the only ones that you read, the ones that I had on those screens, you're in trouble. If that's all you read this week, go to him. My brothers and sisters, they tested, you tested them and you knew they were liars. Verse 3, and you have preserved and have pay, or persevered and have patience, and you've labored for my name's sake, and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent. If a church, if, if you're born again and you never have to repent again, then why is he telling the church to repent? He's talking to a church. He's talking to Christians. So now anybody who would tell you from a pulpit that you don't want you to become born again, you never have to repent again, that's not true. We just read it. And this more than in one place, and I did not take this out of context. You heard it. You have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I would come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. There it is again. But what's he talking about? You've left your first love. Do the first works. 
What could that mean? Well, the works obviously have to have something to do with the love. Are you with me? But he also says in between there that they're doing some works. They're doing some works. Now, you could be all about works. Remember, Jesus said, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, haven't we done miracles in your name? Haven't we cast out demons in your name? Haven't we done mighty works in your name? Depart from me, you who worked iniquity. I never even knew you. They weren't working out of love. They weren't working for the purpose and the call of God only. They were working for themselves. They were either trying to earn something, earn favor with the people, or, or uh, have status, have stature in the church. Whatever it was, we know that Jesus said, no, you can do these works, but if you're not working out of love, you're missing it. And so that's what I believe he's saying to this church at Ephesus. You're doing some works. You're, you're, you're going ahead and you're, you're going through the motions, but you're not doing them out of love. You're doing them for compulsion to do good, to look like you're doing good, so on and so forth. Are you with me? but they must have started out right. Because what did he say? Return. Return. Go back to your first love. Do you remember how it was when you were born again? When you first became born again? How excited you were? How you wanted to be in church? You did not want to miss a service? You would not schedule anything or if something was scheduled, you'd change it? Well, you're a pastor. No, I'm talking about before I was a pastor. I did not want to miss church. I worked, so sometimes I had to. But I worked out my schedule later on in my other career where I, could have, I had to work every Saturday so that I could have every Sunday off. Hallelujah. I wanted to be in that church because I knew somehow, some way, God was there. He was going to minister to me. I was going to hear something. Now, it may be something that was so pertinent to me in that moment. I needed to hear a word from God, and I was open to it. And so when the Holy Spirit spoke, sometimes He stepped on my toe, and I needed to be, have my toe stepped on. Sometimes He just taught me something. He gave me better depth of a, of a biblical truth, a biblical principle, like some of you are getting right now. That's right. I know you are. But, but, but are you hearing me? So you get a, a, a depth and you get a principle that you can go ahead and not only have that alive in your life, but that you can teach others. How about those of us who are, are guardians, who are parents and, and grandparents and all that? You know what? I want to continue to be instructed. I want to continue to be guided so that I can be a better shepherd in my home. Amen. Fathers, you... See, they're go, I want to go back just to... I know I'm, i got to go back. Listen... Don't you know that that's why the, the enemy of our soul has destroyed the family? Has, has done everything he can to minimize? That was sacred. God, God would not have instructed fathers and mothers had it not been something that he, command, that he set up. He, the invisible God wants to make himself visible in everything. And he does that in the marital relationship. He does that in the family relationship. And so that the, nothing sacred... Nothing sacred. So now we can go ahead and destroy the family. We can go ahead and erase that from the culture and from the society so that the young people get a little bit less of a true picture of what God looks like. And the divorce rate in the church is the same as out of the church. So we've bought in. Ooh, that's a little quiet. I didn't expect anybody to cut a cartwheel, but... For in Christ Jesus, Galatians 5.6, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. See what, what, you know what he's saying? 
He's saying, look, in Christ, the religious ceremony means nothing. In Christ, you can be the, the most religious person. You could be like Paul was before he met Christ. Pharisee among Pharisees. But then he met Christ. You met Christ. So if we do anything out of religion or if we do anything to impress anybody else around us or if we're trying to impress God, forget it. You can't impress him. You know how you... No, no, what what does it say? That he's a seeker of those who diligently... Or he's a rewarder, excuse me, of those who diligently seek him. So if you want to impress God, seek him diligently. That's how you impress him. Faith. But faith working through love. I'm almost done, so hang on just a little bit more with me. Because it always has to come back to this. To what? Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. My brothers and sisters, um, I don't want to keep bombarding you with scriptures, but we could... If you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it talks about the charisma gifts. You know, the speaking in tongues, the prophecy, um, all of the charisma gifts, right? The word of knowledge, faith, all of these spiritual gifts, all of these things. And, it, and, and the Bible tells us, Paul very plainly tells the church, you should be seeking these things because they're given to us individually as God wills to benefit the whole church. Why? Because we're supposed to be in a loving relationship with each other so that the things that I have are for your benefit and the things that you have are for my benefit. Well, that sounds like communism. No. You know why? Because it's totally voluntary. It's totally voluntary. I do it out of love, not because I've got a gun to my head. Come on now. Are you with me? Okay. But my brothers and sisters, if you look at the first one mentioned is love. Because without love, you don't have the rest. Just like the charisma gifts. In 1 Corinthians chapter um, uh, 13, when it's talking about, after 12, tells us about the charisma gifts. That, oh yeah, well, I'll get there. <laughs> it says that if you have all of those things, speaking in tongues, though I speak with the tongue of men and angels, but have not love, I'm just making noise. I can give my body to be burned like a martyr, but it doesn't mean anything. I can prophesy. I can, but if, unless I have love, it's nothing. Nothing at all. Right? So, so love is the most... And so just like that, I really do believe in my heart, my brothers and sisters, that I'm not taking great license here when I say to you that the fruit of the Spirit operates the same way. I can't experience real joy and real peace uh, and I can't understand even long-suffering, patience, kindness, goodness. I can't understand any of those things. I can't really receive those things that are truly of the Spirit of God, that are truly Holy Spirit operated in my life. I can fake those. I can have them for a moment. See, <laughs> that's why when you pray for patience, what happens? Boy, those kids are going to act like a fool. You're going to get tried on the job. Those employees are going to mess up and you're, going to, and you're going to get called to the carpet for Are you with me? When you pray for patience, that's what's going to happen. Ask Michelle. She prayed for me to have patience and then she had to stop. God, God leave me alone, would you? <laughs> Give him a break. <laughs> amen? Say amen. They think I'm lying. <laughs> Give him a break, God. Give him a break. 
but 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 that's why. See, because you know, love is the love is is the the the, the is, there's this synergism. You can't have the other power. You can't have the other manifestations without love. Why? I could say it this way: First John, God is love. So if you're doing without love, you're doing without. Now look, I'm not even the second smartest man in the world, and I could figure that out. Now some of you, I mean, I may not be a smart guy, but I could figure that out. So if I'm doing those things without God, it's not going to work. I need God in order for those things to be real in my life. If I'm doing it without God, then it can last this long. I can love you, but only when you're doing things that I like. You know, I've had someone tell me, I love you, but... Stop right there, because once you said the but, that love you meant nothing. Meant nothing. Because if you're being led by your butt, you're going the wrong way. (laughs) I love you, but... Stop right there. Don't need to hear the rest. Are you with me? Don't even say the rest. Or, (laughs) you're doing... I, I, I know people like this. You're doing what they like for you to do. They treat you with kindness, and they're nice to you, and all this other stuff. But see, that's okay. But you know, say something wrong or be. How about when your your children are acting up? And you know, what love is 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 not that you just go ahead and you you know you you forget about it or you try to you know sugarcoat or you try to go ahead and let them get away with it or whatever. You don't do the Doctor Spock way. What you do is you correct them, but you correct them in love. That proves that you love them if you do it correctly. God is in it. You bring God into it. Are you with me? Uh, you know, joy. You know, we're depending on all of these other things for happiness, but true happiness that's, that is, is from a joy in your heart, a rejoicing to, to express joy. Um, uh, you know, some of us, I've got joy in my heart. Well, I couldn't tell. I've got joy in my heart. Well, you always look like you're carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders, but why? Because maybe love. Love has to be that. There has to be this synergism between love and joy, love and peace, love and kindness, love and... Are you with me? Am I, have I beat that horse dead? Are you, are you with me? Hallelujah. But then I want to get to this. So how do I know? Here's the check. Here's the check. Love suffers long and is kind. Are you long-suffering? And are you kind even when you're in a bad situation? Even when someone's not kind to you, do you treat them with kindness? You know, do you have patience? Are you very patient or are you just so impatient? Love does not envy. Man, this is a tough one because I know even people in the church that if someone gets this, they've got to get it bigger. Or that person doesn't deserve that. They look at whatever someone else has and well, that person, if that person has that, they're, they're not do that. I'm better than them. D- come on now. D- don't get quiet on me. I- am I the only one that has experienced that? With people, with brothers in the Lord? It's happened. Love does not parade itself. Make its boast. Are you boastful? Are you always parade? Are you always showing people what you have, what you've done? What, huh? It's not puffed up doesn't behave rudely. Doesn't behave rudely. Man, I know 
I've seen it in the church where people sit in the wrong seats and, and they get, I mean, I, I've had it happen to me. She's, she's shaking her head, say amen. So they, I've had it happen to me. I sat in the wrong seat in the church and, you know, and someone was really upset with me, very, became very rude with me. So it happens in the church. Does not seek its own. It's not selfish. It's not selfish. That's huge. That's huge. It's not provoked easily. <laughs> I added that. It's not provoked. It's not provoked. Man, there are, there are people who will try to light your fire. And I don't mean in a good way. There are people who will push buttons. And the enemy of your soul is right there pushing the buttons, waiting for him to be able to say, See God? Told you. He's the accuser of the brethren. Thinks no evil. Wow. Take into captivity every thought and imagination that would exalt itself above the Lord. So if he's asking us to do that, if he's commanding us to do that, that means we have the power to do it. We should have the power to do it. You know the thoughts that you think, and when you think a bad thing, you, yeah, you could. she always knows when I think a bad thought. And she'll say now, what are you thinking? And I'll say, hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, what? <laughs> I guess she just wants to know if it was, I was thinking about her probably. <laughs> hallelujah. No, you know, I could take into captivity. I'm not going to let that, that thought go any further. I don't want this thought to get into my spirit, to get down into me. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity. Doesn't celebrate sin. Or the, are you with me? Doesn't, doesn't tell, but rejoices in the truth. Doesn't get mad when someone gives you the scripture. And not get, don't, don't bite the head off of the messenger. But rejoices in the truth. Bears all things. This is beautiful. Bears all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things. Endures all things. Love never fails. My brothers and sisters, if you can just leave out of here just with one thing, one thing, and you're, you think I'm going to say love. Well, kind of. But our sanctification, our holiness is empowered by the Holy Spirit who is God. So one of the measurements that we have as it relates to are we really sanctified is right here. That's why I kept the things that love isn't. If these things are in your life, if you're suffering these things in your life, if you know that some of this is you, then, my brothers and sisters, you need to get a hold of God. Because you're still in this process. We're we're all still in this process. But, brothers and sisters, don't be satisfied where you're at. Your glass may be half full. Be being filled. Don't let your conscience be seared if your conscience is listen if if the Holy Spirit has ministered to you in any of this that I've said in any of this the word of God that I have up here right now pay attention to it amen amen stand with me please